Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. Actually, it sounds like I'm adding to it. Ooh, gross. What's going on? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. I just uh, flew in today from South Texas, and uh, I was in Texas a couple weeks ago and had allergies there too, so... I don't normally have allergies. I don't know if I'm getting older, and that's what happens when you get old, like you start getting allergic to stuff. But I bind that in Jesus' name because I will not be allergic to peanut butter. Hallelujah. (laughs) There's some things I just cannot give up on, so no more allergies. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Flew in today around 2.30, and then uh, Robbie Grubbs and I are flying out in the morning, early in the morning, to head to Seattle to preach. And I get to be here for one night, enough time to do laundry. Did a couple errands and then and then to be at Haven. I love to be at Haven when I'm home. Praise God. If you have your Bible, let's go to Psalm 42 and verse 7. <clears throat> if you can't say amen, just cough <clears throat> or clear your throat or something. Psalm 42 and verse 7. Um, I I was so uh, actually we'll start with verse one. I was so um, I don't know somewhat envious. If that's a godly thing to, to be able to have about all the posts that I saw, it looked like Fuse was an amazing moment in the presence of God. And it was amazing, uh, a launching moment for a lot of people. But it's not the end, it's the beginning. And uh, as summer goes on, we want to see people walk in that, praise the Lord. And we want to be the community that can help them do that. Amen? How many want to go deeper this summer? I said, how many want to go deeper this summer? Praise God. So in Psalm, Psalm 42, let's just stand up uh, as we read this. Psalm 42 says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. I, I, I don't know if you've been around people that are not just casual pursuers of the Lord, some of you, if you are visiting tonight, even maybe this atmosphere, why, why, why is the, the girl on the piano getting choked up while she's talking? Why are people walking back and forth? Why are people acting this way? I'm not used to this atmosphere. Because we're thirsty for God. And that's not just the culture of, of haven. That's the culture of God chasers in the word. So we find people like David saying, I ache for God. I long for God. And he paints this picture like a, like a deer that passing through a desert place is, is longing for something to drink. He said in the same way, my soul is longing and thirsting for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, where is your God? I love that the Psalms are real. I mean, he's sometimes, you know, almost having an emotional breakdown. He's king, and yet he's having difficulties in relationships and difficulties in politics and difficulties with other nations that surround. He said, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with a multitude, with a crowd. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? One translation says, why are you depressed? Why are you sad? Why are you disquieted within me? 
Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. He starts talking to himself and says, why are you sad? Don't you know God's going to turn his face towards you again? Don't you know God is going to hear his prayer? And when you see his face beaming your direction, you're going to get your strength back. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from the hill of Mizar. Now the high places in Israel are the places where rivers start. Hermon specifically is the fountainhead of the Jordan River. He's saying in the beginning, what did he say at the beginning? I'm thirsty. Somebody say, I'm thirsty. And then he says, now I feel that I'm in a dry place. But I get hope when I look to the mountain because I know if there's precipitation on the mountain, it won't be long till what's raining on the mountain is going to be in the river. Praise God. I feel like preaching. We're only halfway through the... Amen. He said from the hill of Mizar. This is where we're going to really camp out tonight. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your water spouts or waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy as with the breaking of my bones? My enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I will yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. So if there's a repeat, he said the tumult, the, the, the things all around me are affecting stuff on the inside. And then he says, but God's going God's gonna to shine on me again. And then in the end, he says, not only is God going to shine on me with his face, but it's going to change my expression. He says, I'm going to smile again. My countenance is going to look up again. Amen. Father, we look to your word. To do what, what, what no wisdom, no academics, no professors, there's no, there's no one that could bring insight such as the living word of God. Speak. You are a speaking God. And we ask you speak to us tonight. Somebody tell the Lord, talk to me. <clears throat> ask him, talk to me, speak to me. In Jesus' name, draw us closer to you. We'll give you praise for it. And God's people said amen. Amen. You can be seated. My first time in this building was in the summer of 2005. <clears throat> I don't know. Some of y'all were like little tiny babies way back then. I was traveling on summer group for Ozark Bible Institute and College in Neosho, Missouri. That was my first time ever coming. Before I came with Brother Hampton, the following year I was interning with him. The previous summer, I was traveling with Nathan and Amber Sheridan. They were a married couple in, in Bible college. <clears throat> and that, that always made me mad. Like, married people in college, like 18, 19, and they're already married. They don't have to go back to the stinky boys' dorm. They get to, like, be married. <clears throat> I don't need a cough drop. I just chewed one. I'm fine. Just pray. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, I rebuke this. All right. That's not a demon coming out. All right. So uh, I'm traveling across the country, and uh, I'm getting close with these people. You know, you get close with somebody when you're sitting in a 15-passenger van with them for like 20,000 miles. We started in Missouri. We went down to Texas. We went over through the Louisiana, through Mississippi, through Alabama, down into Florida. Now, I'm from Florida. And if you grow up in Florida, you grow up swimming. And so I was, I was excited when we got to Florida. I was like, Nathan, we got to go to the beach in between services. 
Mm. If I got something, all y'all are getting it. Just get ready. So, uh, so we get to uh, Panama City Beach. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Ozark Bible Institute in college, but you have to wear pants and long sleeves at all times. And because we were representing the school at the summer, we were also wearing long sleeves all summer. And I wanted to go swimming. It is not the greatest idea to be like uh, weighed down with, uh, you know, a burqa when you go swimming, especially in the ocean. So, uh, you know, Amber, she's just like chilling on the sand. And I was like, Nathan, let's go swimming. I have water right there. Um, so Nathan and I get in the water, and uh, I, when I was a kid, anytime we went to the beach, we went to the sandbar. You know what the sandbar is? When the way, when the, when the tide goes out, y'all know how to swim? Don't have any people? Any people? You don't know how to, you don't know how to swim? This summer's your summer. I prophesy you can swim this summer. You do know how to swim? Let's go! All right, so. When the tide goes out, there's like a place that kind of like surfaces, and it's so shallow, you feel like you have your own private beach, like, I don't know, 100 yards off the shore. And so I was like, Nathan, let's go to the sandbar. So these two guys in long sleeves and long pants start swimming out to the sandbar, at which point I realized I didn't know Nathan as much as I thought I knew Nathan. Nathan has uh, exercise-induced asthma. <laughs> So he starts having problems breathing like I am right now. And, uh, you know, when you go from the shore to the sandbar, it gets deeper before it gets shallow again. So you have to get in water that's over your head before you get to a place where you can stand again. At which point he starts going under. And I'm, I'm ahead of him because I'm Aquaman, and uh, he, I hear him screaming, and he's like, I need help, I need help. So I turn around, and at that point I realize we're closer to the sandbar than we are to the shore, so I will rescue him by pulling him out deeper instead of pulling him up closer. And so I'm swimming with Nathan, and I pull him out to the sandbar, and, uh, and Nathan, he's holding on to me, at which point I realize Nathan wasn't raised in Florida. Wait, Nathan was not raised swimming in the ocean. Nathan was raised in Missouri. He was raised in a landlocked state where they don't have beaches and oceans. And so not only does he have exercise-induced asthma, he also is not that great of a swimmer. And so he's like, don't let go, don't let go. Let go. So I don't know if you can imagine this. You got two holiness young preachers from Bible college, two men hugging each other in long sleeves and pants out on the sandbar, and the water's probably to here, but the waves are crashing pretty violently, and he's just quoting King James Version, what time I am afraid I will trust in thee. God, what time I am afraid I will trust in thee. And that's also out of the book of Psalms. So he's like, don't let go. Don't let go. I'm trying to breathe. Don't let go. And he's like, we got to call for help. I can't swim back in. We got to call for help. So we start yelling. A crowd gathers on the shore. Everybody in their bikinis looking at these grown men hugging each other on the sandbar and of course here comes this Baywatch uh, lady uh, and, 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 and she swims out with her buoy and she's like okay which one of y'all needs help most and I said that guy and so he grabs onto the buoy I don't know what happened at the, the, the trajectory that we went out maybe she took us back in a different way we walked all the way in like we didn't even have to swim it was so shallow, we walked all the way in, at which point there was a police officer saying, sir, you see those, you see those two red flags? And we were like, 
Well, now that you point them out, we do. Do you know what that means? No. I grew up in Florida, but I never listened to flags. You just, you just go for it. Yeah, that means don't swim because the, the surf is too wild. The surf is too crazy. Stay in the shallow water. I, I want to talk to some people tonight that have been playing in the shallow end, that have been splashing in the shallow end because it's a safe place. It's, it's more crowded. It's, it's the place where you get to hang out with, with all your other homies and, and nobody gets hurt. And all of the fun seems to be happening in the shallow end. But the Bible said in Psalm 42 and 7, deep calls unto deep. And I want to talk to you that if you know John 3.16, praise God, I'm proud of you. And if you go to church once a month, good for you. But we're not passing out participation trophies. Oh, my goodness. If I see one more post of somebody's award banquet where they got an award for absolutely doing nothing. I mean, I, I heard somebody, they said, and I was in South Texas, they said, my sister's had three awards banquets in the last week. How many awards do you need? Talking about kids that never played all season long, but they got the jersey and they got the participation trophy. I, I just, but just awards for everything. If you think you're going to constantly show up to church and when you show up, everybody's just going to say, yay, I know it's hard. And you put forth the smallest effort. Now let's get around and splash and celebrate that you're putting your toe in the little baby end of this thing, and that's all that you need, and you're ready for heaven. You've come to the wrong church if that's what you're expecting. Why? Because God is deeper than that. God is deeper than that. And if you, have, if you begin to pursue him, if you begin to, to long, as David said, I'm thirsty, I'm the king. I've got a palace. I've got money. I've got power. And it doesn't fulfill. There's something deep in me. And it's resonating with something deep in God. Only deep places can, can sense the call to deep places. I actually believe that this ministry is built on people that feel the call to the deep because there's so many other places you could go and have pizza every single week. You could play games. I mean, there's every youth ministry in the countywide that call themselves a ministry, and all they do is social. All they do is game night. All they do is hang out. And if it's saving some young person from going out and getting high, praise God for what they're doing. I celebrate them. But this, the DNA of this house, says we're going deeper. Because we sense the call of God to say, I have something more for you. And listen to me, young person. There is a transition that happened in the last couple decades where a church growth movement and church growth books and church growth conferences begin to influence pastors and churches by saying, if you're going to increase the size of your church, you need to be sensitive to the seeker who's walking in the door. Now that, that movement has pretty much came and went, and yet it has left its imprint upon the kingdom of God to the point that we, we, are, we are codependently attached to everybody in the church like we've got to constantly check your vital signs on the way in and on the way out. Are you happy being here? We're happy you're here. Are, not, now at the end of the service, we're, we're happy you came. Are you happy you came? As if this is all about you. Did, ever, did you get everything you wanted out of it? I, I just want to remind you, things 
are changing in our country. And things are changing in the world. And we have watered down the things of God and the word of God to the point that it will not sustain you. A diet of shallow religion will not sustain you in the storm. It will not sustain you through the breakup, through the hard time. It will not sustain you when life becomes difficult. Amen. Therefore, God says, let me invest something deep inside of you before you hit something that's rough in your life. I'm calling you to the deep place. If you're thirsty, come deeper. We have preachers that barely use scripture. Robert, you just read the whole chapter. I know. Isn't it wonderful? Amen. We're not here for appetizers and hors d'oeuvres. We, this is a steakhouse for the word. Amen. I got another chapter I'm about to, I'm about to pull out in a minute too. I, I want us to understand God is calling us to a deep place. That means we don't just want a little, a little, a little bless me song, a little bounce to the beat of the music, a little shallow uh, devotion. Are you almost done preaching? No. No, that's not this kind of church. There are plenty of pastors that will tell you a few jokes read you one verse, and I'm not mad at them, but I'm telling you that diet of shallow religion will not sustain this generation that are socially anxious about even making eye contact with someone, much less sharing their faith with boldness. 70% of Christians around the world, according to Nick Ripkin and in, in, in the insanity, insanity obedience, he travels the world interviewing persecuted church Christians. 70% of all Christians in the world are living in persecuted countries. And it's those churches, those church movements that are growing. The fastest growing church movement in the world is in Iran. And it's illegal to be converted. It's illegal to be baptized. It's illegal to evangelize and share your faith. And the church is exploding. Why? Because when you are under pressure, you have to go deeper. It's a plan of the enemy to say, man, just, just, just entertain them. Just spice it up. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not mad at anybody but the devil. But I don't follow a bunch of celebrity preachers that just say you're too blessed to be stressed. You're too anointed to be disappointed. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're going over. You're not going under. And everybody jumps up on their feet and says, yeah. That was a lot of splashing in the shallow part. But do you hear the call? Do you hear the heartbeat of God saying, I want to know you deeper. I want you to know me deeper. He said, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Do you know God says, I've got secrets that you, 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 the crowd can't know. you got to come into the deep place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Let me give you a couple principles I have found about the shallow place. The first one is this. Shallow water is the place of play. Shallow water is the place of play. And so it's crowded, and it's fun, but it will not sustain. It's where children stay, and they build sandcastles, and they get a little bit wet, and they get in, and they get out, but they are not sustained. I don't want you to just come and play in the things of God at Haven. I want you to find your way down to this front row. Find your way into these altars. Find your way into a ministry. <laughs> Tell Isaac, I want to usher next week. Amen. Tell them, I want the iPad to put up the lyrics. Tell Jessica, I want to play something. I want to sing something. I want to serve somewhere because I don't want to be in and out. I didn't come to play. Somebody say, I didn't come to play. 
The shallow water is the place of pull. The shallow water is the place of the pull. What, what do you mean? Have, have, you, have you been to the beach? Have you stood in the waves of the ocean? And after a wave crashes, the water doesn't stay at that level. It recedes. And when it recedes, you could very quickly think, either I'm getting taller or I'm standing more firmly or somehow I'm transitioning into shallower water. But you're not. The water is leaving you. But it's as the water is leaving you that it's building force for the next wave. <laughs> Hallelujah. The shallower the water gets, the bigger the wave that's coming. They say that tsunami waves, I've never been at one, but if I'm not mistaken, tsunami waves, they will actually go out like a quarter mile and you can see all the way to the reef. You can just walk out and the water's gone. Water's just bye-bye. Why? Because the more the water is leaving you and receding from you, the bigger the wave that is coming. Oh, hallelujah. A week and a half ago, I was with, I was with Robbie Grubbs. We were preaching in, in Santo Domingo, uh, um, in the Dominican Republic, and, and I was, we, we were in, in the hotel praying. And <clears throat> when you're praying, you don't always feel baptized in the glory and the presence of God. You don't always feel goosebumps. You don't always feel electricity. Sometimes you're pressing deeper, and you're saying, God, I'm thirsty for you. And you know what the enemy will say? Well, God's pulling away from you. God's holding you at arm's length. See, you don't feel like him. You don't feel him tonight the way you did at Fuse. You don't feel him tonight the way you did at camp. You don't feel him tonight the way you did in other times of your life. So it must mean God is against you and God is mad at you and God is pulling away from you. Oh, I need to tell you a secret tonight. When the water is getting low, it is an invitation. It is the pull to go deeper because there's another wave coming. I feel like I'm sharing an old truth that the church has forgotten. You know, when, when I'm talking to Matt or I'm talking to Robbie, and uh, actually Matt won't normally answer and tell me how a service went. He doesn't like to debrief after church. I love to debrief. How was it? And, uh, and Robbie takes about three days to respond to a text message. So now that I got that toxic therapy off my chest, I love to talk about a service. But when we do finally catch up with each other, this is what I want to know. I don't want to know how many people were there. I don't want to know how high the high note was. I don't want to know, did they shred the guitar? I don't want to know were there strobes and lights and fog. I don't want to know, did everybody jump four feet off the ground in excitement? I don't care. I really don't even care how much the offering was. I don't care if you had on the freshest fit. I don't care. We ask one thing, how did they pray? How long did they stay in the altar? How long did they press in? Because that alone is the indication of how thirsty they were. There's no other indication. When revival broke out in Brownsville, uh, Florida, the Brownsville Revival 1996 on Father's Day of 1996, Steve Hill was there that morning on a Sunday morning. He began to lay hands on people and they all began to be slain in the spirit. And, and, and people want to make a big deal about people falling out in the power of God. I don't care if you believe in that or not. That's, not. that's not what excites me. What excites me is that when they got up, many of them did not leave that altar until Monday morning when it was time to go to work. And they still had on their church clothes from Sunday because they were so thirsty, they said, i got to go deeper. 
I was, when my parents divorced, remarried, then after my mom, after my dad remarried, we started going to Linden Church of God in Florida. It was like a, a just a small kind of country, more traditional church, some hymns, some choruses. I mean, this is in the 1990s. And uh, my sister, she said to my dad one day, she said, now I'm like nine. My sister was probably 11. She said, um, Daddy, I feel like people are looking at me in church. Can we sit further back? I don't want people to look at me when, when, when I'm worshiping. We were on the third to the back row. She was saying, can we move further back? Daddy said, okay, we'll take care of that next week. Next week, he marched us into the front row. And I remember he knelt down in front of me and my sister before church started. And he said, they will always be looking at you. And your worship will influence their worship. Because they know that our family has gone through a broken home. They know that your parents have been divorced. They know that your world's been turned upside down. And you're in the country one week and, and, and parents' custody battles. And you're in the city the next week. And when they see a 9-year-old and 11-year-old lifting their hands and worshiping, then they say, if they can break through into the presence of God, so can I. So, yes, people are seeing you. And it's good that they do because your worship is contagious and it matters. So we always sat on the front row. But, but what happens if you sit on the front row is that it's not very far to come to the altar. And if you're hungry for God, you're never the first to leave the altar. And so I remember we'd come in, we'd sit down, we'd come to the altar, we'd stay. Everybody that came late, left early, and didn't pray in the altar, I didn't even know they came to our church. The only people we went out to eat with after church were the people that stayed in the altar a long time. Everybody else was already at the restaurant and gone home. You know what? That was an amazing social gathering for me because I began to make friends amongst the seekers of the deep place. I only was around the people that were going deeper. And as a young person, I thought, this is normal. This is what's supposed to happen. This is what Christianity is. And I learned something in those years of my life that when the crowd is gone and the worship team is tired and they turn off the instruments, and sometimes there's no music playing over the sound system. And there's just a handful of people left. And it feels like all of the power that was there in that service is receded. If you're thirsty and you wait on the Lord, there's another wave coming. There's another wave coming. I need to tell you that if you're here tonight, look at me, friend. If you're here tonight and you feel far from God, it is only an invitation to go to the deep place Deep is calling your name, and there's a wave with your name on it, and it's coming for you. And if all you do when you pray is say, well, God, I am thirsty, and I want to seek you. Oh, I don't feel his presence. I don't feel him yet. He's not here. He doesn't love me. Okay, I'm done. I'm going to talk to my friends because they give me more attention than God will give me. Then you have not stayed long enough for the receding to build the wave of more of his glory. It is not his rejection. It is an invitation to the deep place. Shallow water is the place of play, it's the place of the pool, and it's the place of patience. If you wait on the Lord. The first time I went to Romania, uh, I was in a school for missionaries, and this young man, he, he asked me, he said, would you get up and pray early in the morning with me? And so one morning I got up early, and, and he said, Brother Robert, teach me something about prayer. I said, brother, it's early in the morning, let's just pray. He said, let me teach you, let me tell you something I've learned. I said, okay, brother. Nikashore was his name. He went by Nico. 
I said, teach me something. He said, okay, this is what I've learned. Every time I pray, the first half hour, I'm learning to pray. But the second half hour, I am praying. I was like, whoa, that's so true. I'm 38 years old. I've been serving the Lord since I was seven. I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost since I was 11. I've been preaching since I was 14. I've been to 37 countries. And I can tell you, in a moment when I kneel down to talk to the Lord, I'm going to feel like I'm a kindergartner in prayer. And if you get up too quickly and you turn away too quickly, you will miss the fact that God has a wave of depth for you to go in God. The deep is calling out to us tonight. Deep cries out to deep. All your waves are, have gone over me. But I want to warn you, it's not safe in the deep place. I said it's not safe in the deep place. I almost thought about getting a couple of people together and doing like a cheesy, a cheesy like youth drama. <laughs> oh man, I'm cringy even just thinking about it. You know, they get, uh, they get teenagers together and they, they try to make... <laughs> No, 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 no. They try to just, they try to like act out something on the spot. And it, it usually just is so cringy. But in my mind, it was like I could see a group of young people and they're just like chilling. They're just like on their phones. They're just like, when is this going to be over? And something, something a part of that says, oh, those, those, those are the hard ones. Those are the ones that are popular because they're hanging out with each other. They're tight with each other. Those are the ones that are so socially tied in, they can't even go through a whole service without texting their friends because they're they're connected they got a boyfriend they got a girlfriend they got a they got to snap them they got to reply because they're all together and they're and they're so connected and it seems like this is the place where it's happening at and then somebody breaks away from the crowd and says but I am thirsty for something deeper in God and when it seems to everybody else that's trying to be social and trying to stay in the crowded place, it's really not them being cool that's keeping them here. It's really not them being popular that's keeping them here. It's because it's dangerous to leave the shallow place and go into the deep. It takes an adventurous spirit. It takes the spirit that craves the place where you are no longer in control. Matt was preaching several months ago. I've stolen this nugget and preached it all over, the, all over the country, and I haven't given him credit for it. A couple places I did. First time I said I heard a man of God say, and second time I said I've said it before, I'll say it again. And the third time I said, well, like I always say. So then that's how I took ownership of that. He, he said uh, Ezekiel 47 is a culmination of Ezekiel's vision of the temple being restored. And it's a picture of God's people when they are in obedience and connection with God. And when everything is right in the presence of God, a river began at the altar and it went out. And the river was shallowest at the altar. And then it began to go deeper as it went into dry places. And he says, the angel took me out. And I was too, the water was to my ankles. But then we went deeper, and it was to my knees. And then we went, somebody say, deeper, and it was to my waist. And then we went deeper, and it was to my shoulders. And then we went, he said, Ezekiel said, and it was waters to swim in. 
It was over my head. You know what happens? when you, if, Maybe if you're in the pool and you're a good swimmer, you can be in deep water and still be in control because of your, your swimming skills. But when you're in the ocean and the waves are rushing, you're no longer in control. It's now the current that has taken over. You know why people will not leave the shallow and they just say, well, I've just come to hang out with friends. No, because they're afraid of leaving friends. They're afraid of leaving a place where they can stand firmly and say, I will do what I want to do. My flesh is in control. Oh, but they're not satisfied. I know they look hard. I know they look like they got it together, but they don't. Everything inside of every person in this house knows that there's more of God for you. God's got a greater anointing, a greater calling, a greater assignment, a greater ministry, a greater place of breakthrough, but it takes something that says, I don't care if it's safe or not. I don't have to be in control. I don't have to know all the answers. I don't have to be right all the time. Just take me deeper. I'm a control freak. If I go to hang out, we're taking my car. I'm driving. I'm setting the thermostat. We're listening to my playlist. You can't live like that with God. I said you can't live like that with God. God says if we're going deeper, i got to have the control. The deep place is not safe. And the deep, the, the, the deep place is not social. If you're here tonight and you're struggling with loneliness, let me, let me give you a, a principle of walking with God. Take your loneliness and turn it into solitude. Robert, you're, you're saying the same thing. No, 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 there's a difference. Loneliness is saying it's an absence of a crowd and I'm longing for their attention. Solitude is saying I'm choosing to be shut in with God. I got scuba diving licensed with my family years ago. And if you ever go scuba diving with friends like or snorkeling, when you're underwater, you can't communicate. I mean, unless you know sign language. And so you say, I'm at the altar with friends. Well, well wonderful. But if you're going to go deep in God, it's not about you coming up front and throwing your arm around them and saying, lean on me. That's an old school. Y'all know about that. I can't stand going to youth camps and God is calling young people and they don't know how to find a place where it's them and God but they feel some, something touching their heart. And when they feel their emotions stirred, all they know how to do is like, oh, oh, oh. oh God is moving on me. Is he moving on you? Oh. And then boys and girls do it and look, look like they're slow dancing in the altar instead of actually, I don't know if they got closer to God or not. You can't be social in the deep place. Amen. The place of the deep is a place of solitude. But when God can get you alone where you will, Take out the AirPods, put down the device, and say, I don't need this to keep me from being anxious. I don't need to stay connected with a crowd on the shore. I don't have to be in control. Me and Jesus, Jesus and me, his face to my face, my face to his face. Hallelujah. He will take you through the storms of adversity, but it's because he's calling you to realize they don't have the answer. She can't fix it. His affection won't fix it. Her attention won't won't fix it, but if you will come alone in God, him and you in the deep place, you'll find what you're looking for. And this is the last, this is the last of it. It's not stormy in the deep. It may be stormy to get there, 
But if you ever allow the presence of God, help me, Sister Jessica. If you ever allow the presence of God to envelop you. After we got certified to go scuba diving, my whole family, me, my stepdad, my mom, my sister, we went out on a boat. This is like the inaugural trip after classes for weeks to get certified. <laughs> Passing swim tests and holding your breath underwater tests. Buying all this equipment, special fins, special goggle, all this stuff. This is what we all prepared for. And the day we went out, the waves were choppy. And we were hurling over the side of that boat. And the scuba diving instructor, he said, if you'll just get in the water, as soon as you get below the surface, it won't be like this. I say the word peace, and I don't really know if there's many people in our entire generation that knows what that means. Peace. Isaiah 32 and 17 says, The work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness shall be quietness and assurance forever. If your life finds itself in the storm, go deeper. The waves are crashing. The storm is raging. But Jesus is not worried. He gets up from his nap and looks at his disciples and says, Oh, ye of little faith. If you're with me, there's no storm in me. There's no storm of anxiety and worry and fear and dread in me. If you're in deep relationship with me, nation can rise against nation. Vladimir Putin can stand against NATO. People can be losing their mind in the political world. Gas can go to $9 a gallon. Everybody can be going absolutely crazy. And they can be rising up with all kind of racial tension, all kind of economic and political tension. And yet when you are alone with God in the deep place of his presence, the storm must cease. If you're on the surface, look out. The storm's coming. If you're trying to get on a vacation float and just chill in the sun, look out. There's a storm coming. There's lightning. There's winds. There's tornado current. But if you will just go down deeper in his glory, no, you won't be in control. Oh, but the peace of God is there. I don't know about you, I'm, I'm tired of shallow religion. I'm tired of shallow church. I'm tired of treating young adults like we're still in kids' church. And saying, everything okay? Are you happy? You need some goldfish crackers? You need some cookies? Do you need a juice break? Do you need some more games to get you excited? Am I entertaining enough for you to get off of your phone for five minutes? No. No, there's a deep calling out to you tonight. Stand with me to your feet. Robert, there's some people that were probably at Fuse last, last week, and they, they just came to check out, like, what Haven's like. You, you kind of didn't make it seem like it's this big social club where we, we all have a good time. Oh, of course it is. We love being together, but it's only because we share one thing in common. We long for him to have his way in our life. We long for his presence to be in control. We long for him to overshadow us and for us to go into the place of his glory. I find more and more young people signing up 
and, and posting about their Bible studies. And, and they, they, they go to Bible studies to argue theology. They go to Bible studies to say, what do you think about this scripture? What do you think about that scripture? And they debate and they argue. Now, if you're going to learn about the word, wonderful. But all the debating of knowledge will not take you deeper in relationship with Jesus. Robert, I already know how to do my kind of church. I know how to do my kind of religion. I know what I'm doing. If you're in control, you're still in the shallow place. But if you're thirsty, did you notice verse 1? He said, I thirst like the deer. But between verse 1 and verse 7 where he says, I find myself with the waves over me. Between verse 1, searching for water, and verse 7, finding himself in the depths of that water. It was adversity. It was hardship. Jacoby, could you get the lights for me, please? I want there to be just a little bit more privacy so you can feel like you can be alone with God tonight in this place. Close your eyes all over the room if you would, please. If you're here and you... You find the storms of life, the storms of adversity raging. And you say, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd try out what some of my friends are doing. They go, to, they go to Fuse, they go to Haven, they go to Bible studies. But it just doesn't seem to be working for me the way it's working for them. Can I tell you, if you feel that God is far from you, it's not his rejection, it's his invitation. It's his pull come deeper come deeper come closer there's waves waiting for you tonight there's waves waiting for you tonight somebody say too shallow just speak that over your life over your generation over what your family is known of God if your if your family's not used to really going after him everything i've known in my house in my church in my past in my world too shallow for too long, I'm thirsty for the deep things of God. The only reason you have that thirst is he said, when you said, seek my face, my heart said, your face I will seek. Some of you will stay on the shore tonight, and it's because you don't sense his calling. It's because you're not ready to take the adventure and overcome the fear. It's because you want to stay in the social place, in the crowded place, but there's some of you that know you will not make it and nothing else will sustain you on the shore of life. And God is saying, I have everything you have need of in the depths of my presence. If you feel him calling you closer tonight, not to be around the front with friends, not to just get something that you can post on social media and share, but to find the secret place in God, willing to lose your safety, willing to go through the stormy waters, willing to even feel him withdraw for a moment, but be patient and wait on the Lord. Yea, I say wait on the Lord until he comes with glory and crashes in upon your life. If you feel the call to go deeper, would you find a place to pray tonight? Step out of where you are. Thanks for listening. If this message blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone. You can follow us on social media at Haven Youth Church. We love you, fam. The best is yet to come.